friends, and welcome to Monday, September the 26th, 2022. Thanks for joining me for a new week and for another episode of Enough for Today. We are in Psalm 62, so go there. And while you're going there, I want to just say to our church family, thank you for a wonderful day yesterday. Uh, Sunday was exceptional in every way. Celebration Sunday, we welcomed, I think, four new families into our church. Uh, we saw 11 new believers, some of our kids and teens and several adults uh, that stepped up and said, I uh, have believed in Jesus and I want to follow him and make that public. And uh, lots of their friends and family came to uh, see the baptism. And then we uh, studied John 8. John 8 is heavy. Uh, this is the place where Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil. Um, confrontation, explosive conflict, sparks are flying, shots fired. Uh, at temple grounds between uh, the Pharisees and Jesus. Everything he says is born out of love and grace and mercy. Everything they say is a slur. And um, we only got halfway through the message. So uh, we're going to pick it up next week. If you didn't, uh, if you haven't been tracking, what I would encourage you to do is uh, go to the beginning of John 8, which was a couple of weeks ago, and flow forward with us. But if you have been then and you missed yesterday, make sure you catch up because yesterday is is profound, immense groundwork uh, for the depth of chapter 8, which we could never possibly plumb. But um, what, a, what a powerful chapter. Jesus is getting more, uh, more um, confrontational in his, in his speech because he's talking to those that are willfully disbelieving, willfully angry, willfully trying to kill him. Um, interestingly, yesterday he's talking very strongly to people that profess belief. Um, and so we, we spent a good bit of time yesterday unpacking what does it mean when Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are disciples indeed. Um, so so that, that section of scripture, the people say they believe, but within two verses, they're arguing with him about his words. So you can't say you believe Jesus and then proceed to um, argue with him and tell him that he's wrong. Um, that's by definition, that's unbelief, right? But we can deceive ourselves in, in sort of a fake, flimsy declaration of belief that isn't really um, manifested in, in true belief, in the, in the um, realities of true belief. So anyway, we left off on Friday. Oh, hey, by the way, before we jump into the psalm, uh, this is a big week for us. I mentioned it Friday, but pray for us. We are three days away now from welcoming uh, the Gettys and company, all of their crew, to come in and present um, first of all, a worship conference with our worship team. So Thursday, Friday, um, we'll be training and developing 100 worship leaders in, the, in, in this region. Many are coming from, from out of state, uh, but about 100 church leaders that will grow, and, and hopefully we will have a, a good impact on the worship teams of other churches. And then Thursday night, a wonderful concert and a, and a night of worship. It is, an, uh, it is a participatory, experiential night of worship. It's not just a sit and listen kind of thing. This is a night where we exert ourselves in worship and, and glorification, thanks, gratitude to our God. We celebrate Jesus. So that's all Thursday. If you haven't gotten your ticket, there's still some available. They're going quickly. But pray for that. Then we come into the big weekend, and then we go right to Florida to host Leading in the Gospel Refuel with 52 pastors and their wives, and uh, we're excited to be able to invest in them. Well, we're in Psalm 62. David, uh, we left off on um, Friday with verse 10, uh, 9 and 10. Well, 9 actually. Surely men of low degree are vanity, men of high degree are a lie. 
to be laid in the balance. They are altogether lighter than vanity. What is David driving at? Well, verse 8, trust in him, trust in the Lord. David is uh, experiencing the headwinds of enemies and oppression, diabolical interference and disruption, satanic enemies. Um, And the temptation for all of us when we experience those headwinds, that spiritual battle, which is every day on some level, is to begin to work our own uh, solutions. And our own solutions inevitably lead us to um, looking at man-made power, man-made wealth, man-made status, uh, man-made securities. And what David is going to do is explain to us that uh, man-made constructs of security and strength and power are not all they appear to be. They're not trustworthy, okay? So uh, they're temporary. Lots of people every four years put their total trust and security in the new president. And they're always looking for a savior. And even if he's a good one, it's temporary at best. The stock market goes up, the stock market comes down. The value of real estate goes up, the housing market crashes. The economy surges, the economy contracts. Uh, Even the best ideas are temporary and riches make themselves wings and fly away. And powerful men, uh, the best of men are men at best. And so we, we, we constantly look for these, these solutions on planet Earth, these horizontal solutions. And no matter what, they're flimsy, they're thin ice, they're fragile. And that's what David is telling us. He's telling us, verse 8, we can trust in the Lord, God, at all times because he is our refuge. He is our strength. He is our rock. Look at verse 7. Glory, rock, strength, refuge, salvation. God's ultimate in all these things. He's ultimately trustworthy. Um, pour out your heart before him. He's a refuge. Verse 9. Now the contrast. Surely men of low degree are vanity. Men of high degree are a lie. And to be laid in the balance are altogether lighter than vanity. The best constructs of security and strength and power and prominence and wealth and stability that we can come up with is when it's put together in the balance, it's all a lie, really. It's very flimsy and it's easily undone. It's just a construct, a temporary construct of mankind. So he says because of that, verse 10, this is a striking uh, phrase. Let's unpack it a little bit. Trust not in oppression. Become not vain in robbery. So in big picture, he's saying, don't make your living dishonestly. Don't don't go about, and this is the story of the world, okay? Uh, God created a world of abundance and plenty. Um, he's not a communist that operates in a world of scarcity and everybody gets equal, equal, uh, uh, you know, e- equal part. He's also not a capitalist where you know, those who work hard and succeed and win at the game are exceedingly abundantly blessed. And, and then there's masses of humanity that, that have very little. Okay. Now, in a fallen world, uh, the Bible is very clear that we're to do our work, take on our responsibility, and those that don't work shouldn't eat. Okay. So in a fallen world, the best we can come up with is a capitalistic system that is um, also driven in generosity to care for the poor. So it's it's a it's a artificial, insufficient, temporary. The best sinful human beings can construct a kind of justice. Uh, Jesus said, "The poor you'll always have with you," but in God's kingdom, I'm just telling you, pre-fall, before the fall, uh, before sin, in God's kingdom, there was an abundance. There was massive wealth enough for everybody to be massively wealthy. Okay, so that's a kind of of abundance the world has never known. Okay, but the creation was designed to be that. 
Um, humanity was designed to flourish in, in, not in need, but in plenty, okay? Well, sin ruined that. Sin uh, created selfishness, self-protectionism, self-centered. Sin created um, fragility and vulnerability. Death came onto the planet. And suddenly, sorrow, pain, death um, is, is our great enemy. And now we need to, to our, our urge, our instinct is to strive to protect ourselves, to secure ourselves. And, and what's the world's way of securing you in a world that's ridden by death and insufficiency and not enough and flimsy fragility? What is the world's way? Get more, get more, get more. Stockpile, store, save, plan, increase wealth, net worth. That's the world's solution. The world's solution for all of its problems are more money, okay? Now, money solves a lot of problems. I'm not saying that money is intrinsically evil, but God is the provider of wealth. So really, as wealth ebbs and flows and comes and goes, God is the ultimate arbiter. He's the ultimate refuge and provider. And the temptation, even for believers, but certainly for unbelievers, is to cheat, okay? The temptation is to cut corners. It's to, um, it, 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 is, it is to take advantage of opportunity at the expense of others. It's to look out for number one and not for others. This is the opposite of Christian community, by the way. This is the opposite of Acts 2 when they had uh, everything that everybody had, they, they viewed as a resource suddenly to help meet the needs of others. All of a sudden, all their resources were not just to be stockpiled for themselves, but, excuse me, to be used uh, to bless and to meet the needs of others. So David says, and he's warning his reader, by the way, remember that, trust not in oppression. Don't think you're going to get ahead by oppressing uh, or by taking advantage of situations that you end up doing better, others end up doing worse. And you've operated willfully in that. Okay, you've participated in that intentionally. Become not vain in robbery. Don't dishonestly, don't steal. Don't cheat. Don't, uh, don't come by your security um, by dishonest means. And if your riches increase, now this is important. If your riches increase, if God sees fit to abundance you, to give you more and supply you, set not your heart upon them. Now, these are warnings, my friends. These are warnings from a man who has seen the rise and fall, uh, the, the, the success and then the self-destruction of men who trusted in riches. And he has seen also the, the blessing of God come radically abundantly upon him. Uh, and I'm hearkening forward, I'm thinking of Paul who at times flourished in abundance and at times floundered in need for temp temporary need and want. Um, and he said, I have learned, therefore, in whatsoever state I'm in, to be content. Um, I've learned to abound. I've learned to be in want. But whatever state I'm in, I've learned to be content. And I've learned that I can do all things through Christ. That's what David's teaching here, that God is my provider. Anything God wants you to do today, this week, anything you need, you actually need, I promise you, your good shepherd is going to provide. And that's, if you trust him, 
That will be the story of your life for the rest of your life. Your shepherd will make sure you have everything you need when you need it. So you don't need to trust in oppression. You don't need to make a dishonest living. And you, de you definitely don't need to set your heart on material things. Set your affection on things above. Happy Monday, my friends. We'll see you tomorrow.